Hello, my name is Susanne. Welcome to the 110th episode of Handmade from the life of a knitting, singing, writing spinner. Today brings you the 11th ever English episode of the podcast. And uh, one new thing, um, I believe I already talked about this in the last English episode, but I'm not quite sure. And well, it has been five months or so. Um, the new thing is that the podcast can be watched on um, YouTube as a video. And um, I'm a doofus and I forgot to uh, check um, how my channel is called. But you can find the video on the uh, blog creativemother.de um, and I'll embed it in the post. Um, just um, for those of you who get these podcasts by um, uh, podcast feed, um, the, you won't see uh, the video, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to tell you about that. I hope that this will work um, because the English episode is usually quite a bit longer than the German episodes are because um, this is the episode where I talk about everything that I talked about in the episodes before. Not quite everything though because otherwise uh, this would be a um let me guess like an eight hour episode or seven so um a little too long i think um i've been trying to um think about what happened since the last time i did an english episode and um i think not all that much I'm still working on the novel that I started in February and that I was sure would be finished by March or so. Yeah, as I said, I'm almost done and the nearer I am to finish, uh, the longer it takes. So I can barely make myself uh, sit down and write. I think I'm afraid of finishing and of finding out if it's any good or not, though, well, I'll probably not find out if it's any good because um, I think you can't really judge that as the one who made uh, the thing. So, um, as I said, I'm hoping to have that finished and um, I made a, a big declaration of having it uh, published by um, October 27th. Yeah, mm -hmm. we'll see how that goes. Um, at the moment, I'm still... Uh, really determined to finish it in the next few days. I, I was really, really determined to have it finished by tomorrow, but I don't think that will happen because I will have to write um, five more scenes. And uh, since this is a regular Thursday with students and everything, and I haven't written a word yet, uh, and I want to uh, make the podcast and... Um, get it ready for publication. So, hmm, not happening. Um, other than that, no, nah, nothing major. I went to visit my parents. That was hmm, not really that much, much fun, uh, but they were very happy about it. Um, no, nothing else. Um, only two more teaching days before summer break. I'm really looking forward to having six weeks off. 
though I have to say that um, I will start my six weeks off um, with a week where I'm teaching three days. Not quite as long days as usual, but um, yeah, that's how it goes when you're a self-employed person, then you uh, take time off and you work anyway. Um, oh, and I wanted to say regarding the video, um, the video is basically me sitting in front of the microphone talking uh, with my headphones uh, in and um, usually uh, on the German uh, episodes I will show what I've been working on but since it's really really hot today and uh, since I would have to show you everything I worked on for the past five months um, I decided not to. Uh, because the logistics of having everything here around me and uh, being able to hold it uh, in front of the camera. So I'm sorry, um, it's not really that much of a difference if you uh, watch the podcast on YouTube or if you just listen to it. Um, but I thought um, everybody likes uh, uh, videos these days. Um, you can't look at anything without there being video and so um, I decided to at least do bad video. Um, I think it's better than no video, um, but you still can just listen. Um, okay, then I'll dive right in. I knitted. I finished uh, the Carbeth Swan Dance sweater, so I've been basically obsessed with the Carbeth um, sweaters by Kate Davis. I made myself a cardigan and uh, then I started uh, knitting a swan dance uh, sweater right away uh, afterwards. So I had inherited these, uh, uh, this yarn from, mm, well, was a friend of my husband's uh, wife's mother who died. And uh, she was a knitter and um, they gave me all her yarn and a lot of her needles and her projects uh, in progress. Um, a lot of it was, hmm, I don't know, not all that great. So that made me uh, even more determined to get rid of my mm, 80s sock yarn leftovers um, where there's... Uh, not, not one color is enough to actually finish anything and um, the colors don't really look all that good. I, I didn't have a lot of money in the 80s and I didn't buy very good yarn most of the time. Um, so I made this swan dance from, I don't quite remember, it was a lana grossa wool, um, alpaca, merino, poly, something. And... Um, it was really fun to knit and I'm hoping that it will be a lounge around at home sweater for the winter. Um, right now it would be way too warm of course to even show you but um, it fits well. Um, I was a bit um, uh, afraid that these um, lines and the carpet sweater they, they go um, uh, diagonal uh, from the um, neckline to the underarms and even even more so than a, a proper raglan shape it's um the construction is really nice uh but i thought that might look weird on me 
but no, I'm 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 actually liking it. Um, and uh, I mean, it's it's very boxy, and with the very heavy yarn, it doesn't have any drapes, so um, uh, it makes me look a little uh, bigger than I am. But it's cozy, it's warm. Um, the color is not quite my color. Uh, the green is a little too blue for me, but I don't really care because, um, as I said, I want to wear this around the house, and I mean. I'm wearing black t-shirts every day and um, black doesn't suit me either, so I'm fine. Then I did a, um, a Kriya sweater out of um, brown merino, Espanda yarn. I'll tell you more about that later. I really, I'm, sometimes I'm thinking I should turn the segments around and do the spinning first and the knitting later because I usually uh, spin for some project that I'm knitting on at the moment. So um, I decided that I needed another um, lightweight, or not quite as lightweight. So I started with the thought that I wanted something like my Vivian and that I made out of worsted weight yarn. Um, and I wear that all the time. Um, it's really comfy, it fits well, it uh, looks good, and uh, the weight is... I, I'm, the, the sweaters that I'm using the most are the ones that are either fingering weight or uh, worsted. Um, so I thought, oh, I should make myself a, a worsted weight uh, sweater and maybe something... Mm, not too busy and colorful so that I can wear it all the time and it goes with all my other clothes and it looks good with jeans because um, the past uh, few years I've made a lot of sweaters that uh, look good when worn with skirts or dresses but I don't wear skirts or dresses all that much so um, I still need uh, something to wear with my regular blue jeans and so um, I looked at patterns and I didn't like most of them. And in the end, I decided to make another Kriya. I had ripped the one that I made a couple of years uh, before back because it's no longer, uh, it no longer fits me. So um, I made, uh, well, I didn't make, I'm in the process of making another one. And this time I make it, I'm making the long sleeve version. The, the other one that I had was uh, short sleeved and I really liked that, but um, I own a lot of t-shirts with short sleeves and you can't wear short sleeve tees with short sleeved sweaters. Um, at least, no, I don't like it because then uh, my arms are cold. So um, yeah, I started, how was it? So I wanted to take that project with me when visiting my parents. So I needed the yarn before then. So I did, um, I think I did a week of mostly spinning most of the day. So I had enough yarn to take it with me to start the sweater. Um, I didn't finish all the yarn um, for the sweater before traveling, but um, I think I had like 240 grams by then. Um, I did knit on the sweater while traveling, but I found that the start of the Kriya is a bit too complicated to, um, 
to uh, knit while sitting there talking and traveling and changing trains. Um, because you start with two um, little pieces of garter stitch. Uh, they're not really square, but almost. And those uh, sit on top of your shoulders, basically. And then you uh, pick up stitches and then you knit around these uh, little flecks. And then you um, uh, cast on a lot of stitches uh, that go... Uh, over your neck and then uh, you uh, pick up stitches again on the other square and that's the, the start of the construction. And then you knit the whole um, area of the um, neck uh, neckline, the sleeves and you have a lot of um, uh, increases going on. You have garter stitch on, on the front and back and uh, stockinette on the sleeves. And so I found that I really had to pay attention to what I was doing, which um, uh, I, 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 did, I hadn't thought that this was complicated at all. But when you have a sweater like that, um, you need to count and to really pay attention to where you increase and how often and which row you're on. Um, I found that um, much... Uh, more difficult than I thought I would. Um, so I didn't make as much progress as I thought I would. But I never do, don't I? Um, uh, just the other day, a listener asked me, why are you? Why do you keep on planning all the time when uh, your plans never turn out like you want them to? Why don't you just um, let things flow? <laughs> then you'll still uh, finish things, but you won't be that frustrated. And I think, well, um, yeah, no. Uh, uh, well, it's a bit complicated, but that's not how uh, my mind works, apparently. So um, I knit the, the brown crea until I ran out of yarn. Then I made more yarn, and then I started the first sleeve. I'm down to the cuff of the first sleeve right now, and then I put it away because I wanted to start a different project. I did um, knit, I start knitting a pair of socks, and now that I'm telling you, I'm thinking that maybe I uh, also finished a pair of socks since February, but I couldn't find anything about that. So um, either I'm Mm, too disorganized or I just started this uh, sock project um, five months ago. I don't think so. But I can't really remember which pair of socks I knitted before then. That's weird. So um, I started another Annie Fletcher pattern. I'm still totally uh, struck with her patterns. I love them. I knit them all the time. I've Yeah, I'm I'm not knitting anybody else's socks at the moment, which is a bit weird, I know. Um, and this time I got the uh, Braymore, I think is the, the name of the pattern. Uh, I put a link in the show notes. And um, I finished the first sock and um, started the second. And I'm just doing the uh, heel increases at the moment. So I... Um, I'm about halfway through the heel increases and then I'll turn the sock and finish knitting it. I like it very much. Um, the yarn is really, really gorgeous. It's uh, by Dornröschenwolle and the colorway is called something with um, Milchmädchen. 
that's a milkmaid in German. And that uh, yarn was a gift from a podcast listener. Uh, so uh, I got that yarn, yeah, around the 100th episode. Um, so um, that was really, really great. And um, so I, I'm, I'm stretching these socks out. My, my sock drawer is um, almost exploding. It's so full. And um, I've been quite good about washing the woolies um, lately, which is funny because it's, uh, as I said, it's really hot at the moment here, but um, I'm still wearing wool socks in the morning and in the evenings. Um, but, uh, so most of the time, most of my socks are um, clean and re ready to be worn. And so my sock and underwear drawer is totally filled up to the brim with hand-knitted socks. Um, so um, I, I like having a sock on the go. So when I go into the city or I take it to the train or I'm meeting people, then I have something to knit a small project. Um, but um, I'm not knitting on that when I'm at home because uh, I'm saving it for taking it with me. And the other big thing that I started was the Glowing Tide um, Mystery Knit Along by Isolde Teague. Um, I am knitting Clue 5 at the moment. Um, I think, uh, yeah, next week will be uh, the last clue. This has been so much fun. Um, I haven't really posted pictures of my project yet because I didn't want to spoil it for people who... Um, still want to knit it and keep the mystery um, but it's really really fun and um, uh, I'll tell you all about the spinning for that project later because that was a huge thing but um, you need three colors for the project um, that are somewhat speckled and maybe gradient uh, with colors that are pretty close together and then you start well, you start with like two stitches or so and, and you make a kind of triangle um, until clue two, I think. And then in clue three, it said, now set that aside and start no, uh, a new piece. And then you knit another triangle. And I think at the end of, the, of clue two, you had to um, cast on Lots and lots and lots of stitches. So you had a little triangular piece with like a tail at, uh, on one side. And then you were knitting another triangular piece. And so uh, we were all sitting there thinking, how on earth is this gonna be a shawl when it's finished? What is she doing? This is she really, really weird. Um, and now with clue five, um, she, she did reveal how those two pieces go together, and I won't spoil it. Um, but it's really fun, and it's like, so I read the instructions, like, what? what? What what does she want me to do? And if I do that, I'll, that will result in a tube. Why are we doing a tube with two triangular pieces? But then uh, I knitted a little more, and I laid it out flat and said, oh, that's how it's working together. This is so, so, so cool. Um, so um, that's a lot of fun. Um, but I, um, 
We'll have to say that next time, when it's time for the Tour de Fleece in July. And July is often really stressful for us um, as teachers because um, the students have so much things going on at the end of the school year because we always have summer break uh, in August every year. And so July is always full of um, things we have to go to, people we want to see before the summer break, um, students rescheduling everything and wrapping everything up at the end of the school year. That um, So doing the Tour de Fleece is sometimes a little stressful. Putting a knit along on top of that, maybe not the best idea. Putting a knit along on top of that for which I still had to spin the yarn, slightly crazy. It's still, it has been a lot of fun, but my, uh, the, the project that I had wanted to be my Tour de Fleece project this year hasn't made quite as much progress as I more to have wanted. But, well, can't do anything about that. <laughs> yeah, so um, that was all that I was knitting. Well, sweater, one sweater completely done, one sweater like two-thirds done, I think, yeah, um, one and a half pairs of sock, socks, and um, yeah, mostly done, well, not mostly done, I only just started clue five of the gloaming tide mystery in it along, so I still have like a third of that shawl to knit, um, yeah, then crochet, um, I still worked on the crochet blanket that I'm making for my son. Um, I love it. Um, it. It made wonderful progress as long as it was cold in the mornings and I could sit there under my nice cozy um, crochet blanket. Uh, but I packed it away, I think, around Easter? Nah, later. So. I think I started the spin to spin for the Kriya and then I started something else and and then so the um the blanket took uh, a back seat and right now it's uh, sitting uh, in the bedroom in a corner totally neglected um that's the same thing that I did with the Sophie's Universe um, crochet blanket last year because I can tell you uh, June to August is probably not the best time of year here to work on a big crochet blanket. So I'll get back to that soon and I'm looking forward to it. Um, even if it's gray, gray and gray. Um, but um, yeah, and I think I'm about three quarters through it. Not quite sure, but um, it's pretty big right now. Then I started uh, a crochet cowl. First I started something called the Virus Tuch. Um, that's really nice. So I'm in that um, yarn stash from that knitter that I told you about with the Carbeth sweater. There was a very nice um, ball of, uh, again, I think Lana Gossa, um, and it was, it's a, I don't know how to call it, it's, um, it has very long um, stretches of color, so it's not really a gradient, but um, 
I didn't want to use it for socks because it looks like a singles. And um, so I thought I'd take it and make a crochet shawl um, for myself because it's um, the colors are purple, turquoise, and something green and maybe brown in that vein. So I thought, oh yeah, I'll make something for myself. And then I looked at it and it was really, really pretty. This virus tuch has, has very curly, swirly crochet motifs. I love it. Um, but I looked at it and thought, well, mm, am I really going to wear this with all this turquoise and blue in it? Uh, probably not. So I thought, well, I should make something for my husband, but my husband won't be wearing a triangular sh uh, shawl that has all these curly swirly bits. So um, I frogged it and started a uh, color pooling cowl. I, I wanted to make another one with uh, from Tunisian crochet, uh, but I would have needed two colors for that, and I only had the one. Um, and I'm trying not to buy a lot of yarn at the moment because there are piles and piles and piles and piles of yarn everywhere. And um, I first have to get rid of stuff uh, so uh, before buying new. So um, the color pulling cow, I didn't really follow the, um, the, the pattern as written because um, as written, you uh, use a yarn with very, very, very long color repeats, and then you match the color repeat, uh, the, the length of the cowl to the color repeat length. I didn't do that. I'm just making a cowl that I hope is the right size for my husband's neck. He likes his cowl to be really uh, smug, but uh, of course, it still needs to go over his head without um, being opened in any way. So, mm, I hope that I'm getting that right. Um, I started it and found that um, I wasn't happy with it in the, at first because the um, foundation chain was really loose um, and um, the cowl is uh, made with a linen stitch, I think it's called. So it pulls uh, in much more than my uh, foundation chain. Um, so, and, and then the, the cow was a bit too wide. So I frogged it again. I started over right now. Um, it's, uh, so tight that I can barely can get it over my head. And my head is a lot smaller than my husband's. I think it's like four centimeter difference in circumference. Uh, four centimeters is like one, it's less than two inches uh one and three quarters or something i can't 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 uh, uh calculate that in my head so um but since this is lana cosa yarn i'm hoping that when i wash it it will grow anyway and then it will be big enough for him and i mean if he has to squeeze his hatch uh, his head through um, i guess it will be all right because as i said he likes his scalps to be really tight um so yeah but uh, I'm not sure. I might uh, crochet the whole thing and then it won't fit him. Hmm. We'll see. Um, that was everything crochet. And then I spun. I spun quite a bit, interestingly. So there was um, 
Green pole was that I started spinning because I wanted to knit a hat for my husband. And I spun it and um, I wanted to make a cabled yarn because my husband's rather hard on his hats, uh, on everything that he wears, but um, even his hats. Um, and I thought, well, I could make a cabled yarn and that would be fun. So I started spinning and then I um, plied the yarn for the first time. So um, you probably all know this already, but I'll explain anyway. So um, a cabled yarn I made. So you make basically four plies and then you um, ply two together. So um, like I'm spinning uh, clockwise, then I ply two strands together twice um, for, well, I'm, I'm not plying them twice, but I, I have these two strands that I'm plying together uh, counterclockwise. And then I ply the resulting two yarns together and I get a four ply um, a yarn. And that's cabled um, and it looks pretty different from from the regular one. It's like like a barber pole twisted, but the cable has like bumps. Mm. So I, I spun it, I applied it the first time while watching TV and not really uh, thinking about what I was doing. And then I applied it a second time rather quickly because I wanted to knit the hat. Then I looked at the yarn and was like, oh, it didn't work at all. I had something that looked a little like boucle. So the problem was that the first time that I had applied the yarn, I should have given it much more ply twist because when you apply it again, that twist gets taken out a bit. And so at first I thought that I applied it in the wrong direction, but that was not the problem. I just didn't apply it enough. So I had these 100 grams of yarn and I looked at them like, this is not what I wanted to end up with. So I looked at it and I thought, well, I can knit a hat from this. Nah. And then I realized, I, I even washed it. Um, and it didn't look any better. And then I looked at it again and thought, well, I might be able to unply it. So make the four ply into two two ply yarns again and i actually did that i spent i don't know a couple of days with my spindle i tried doing it on the wheel but um controlling the twist until i could um separate the two strands it was much easier on the spindle so i said i even said outside in the sun and i i unplied the whole thing and then i um I made two balls, so I separated the strands, so I had two two-ply yarns. Then I replied them, and then I plied them again. And now the yarn is exactly what I wanted. I'm totally happy with it, but it was a pain to do this, and it took ages, and I was so angry at myself that I hadn't spun it properly first time. Um, yeah, but that's done. I also finished uh, spinning the purple noob on the um, Nui Victoria. Uh, that I wanted to be, um, I don't know, heavy lace weight, light fingering weight. I'd like to do um, 
a small lightweight sweater out of it. Um, not quite sure what yet, but um, the yarn is done. I worked very, very little on the green merino silk. I think I'll uh, carry that around for decades to come. Um, I just uh, saw um, uh, I have a bag on the kitchen bench with uh, a never-ending uh, hand sewing project in it. But on the um, on the bag it says uh, Wolfest Regensburg 2015, and that is when I bought the uh, purple nube fiber, and that's also exactly when I started spinning the green merino silk. And it's still not done. I mean, we're not talking three kilos of yarn. This uh, is a hundred gram batch and supposed to be cabled sock yarn. Yeah. Uh, so um, I made a rule. I'm not allowed to start any new spindle projects, by the way, until I have finished the ones that I've already started. It's... Um, it's been getting a little out of hand. Mm, I'll be talking about that later. So then um, there was, uh, sorry, um, somebody just um, rang the doorbell, but my husband's already answering, so everything's fine. I spun the brown Ashford Merino on my little jam for Kriya. Um, um, it says here that I spun 150 grams, but that's not true. It's uh, like 400 or 390, something like that. So um, I spun a whole sweater's worth. I spent a lot of time spinning that week because um, I decided I want to knit a sweater when I visit my parents, uh, as I said. And, um, and then I thought, well, I need, then I need yarn. I said, well, I don't have yarn. Well, I had yarn, but I didn't want to lug a, a kilo of, or that's like two pounds, um, of uh, heavy alpaca uh, yarn around when traveling. Um, but taking a sweater project with me when visiting my parents is actually rather sensible because when I visit my parents, I sit there on their couch talking for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And um, I take the train up there and back and each train ride is about eight hours. So Lots of knitting time. Um, there was this one time when uh, we visited my parents. We stayed there for four days, I think. I almost finished a sweater while being there. That was um, one of the the black L'Oreal. Um, yeah, I, I've, I've basically sat there and knit the whole time. So um didn't quite get at as far this time, but um, so I said that well, I need yarn. I still have 500 grams of white merino, but I would have um, had to uh, dye it. I won't wear a white wool sweater, never. Um, but I still had a lot of the brown merino because, I don't know, I bought some for a project and then I bought some more because I didn't have enough for so I don't know I had two boxes with the same fiber and all in all there were like five six hundred grams so more than enough so oh brown is fine I love brown and uh, I love the sweater and so um, I was just making a quick uh, two-ply yarn it's Mm, I don't know, sports weight. I think it's a sports weight yarn. 
So that went really fast, but I really spent a lot of time sitting in front of my wheel spinning. So um, it's always interesting what I can get done if I'm getting a little obsessed, like sitting there and think, I want to knit this sweater now. And then I sit down and I spin and spin and spin and spin and ply and spin. And no problem. And at, at uh, other times or with other projects like the, the green merino silk, I've been carrying that around in my purse for years now. Um, um, I'm very happy that it hasn't felt it, but I'm just not working on these projects. But uh, so I am, I finished uh, that yarn and I think I now have enough for the sweater to finish it. But if not, I still have fiber, so it's not a problem. And then I heard that there would be a um, mystery knit along by Isolde Teague. So I have a rule. I don't do mystery knit alongs anymore. Yeah. But I saw that and then I had a bad day. So I treated myself. Uh, I need to do an episode about the concept of treating yourself. I'm, I'm becoming a bit wary of uh, this. Oh, you worked so hard. You, have, uh, you can treat yourself. Um, yeah, well... So we'll see. Um, but I wanted to, to participate in this uh, knit along, so I needed yarn. And I thought, oh yeah, um, shawl, knit along, I'll just take um, a skein of sock yarn or something, um, or I'll uh, dye the sock yarn. I have white sock yarn here um, that I want to dye for projects. Um, and then I read the instructions. Not like, yeah, downloading, skimming them. Oh, okay, mystery uh, starts at uh, beginning of July 7th, I think. No, I looked at them more in depth and thought, well, mm, okay, for the snit along, we will need three 100 gram skeins of sock yarn. That's, and it should be um, speckled. And it should be something like a gradient. So I had a problem because I only had at that point two weeks time to make the yarn. And I didn't want to buy anything because that's always so um, expensive. And I didn't want to dye the sock yarn that I have because this time I bought sock yarn that's not all that... Um, soft um it's uh, i i bought some that i hope will hold up better uh, when you're wearing the socks in your shoes and uh, doing your 10 to fifteen thousand steps a day um so um, i did the only sensible thing i ordered some already um dyed uh, fiber I mean, I still had the white merino. I could have used that. But I thought, well, when I dye it, then I have to wait until it dries. Then I spin it. Then I have to wash it. So that was too complicated. So I ordered um, some merino silk. That's the same kind of merino silk that I um, am spinning in that green um, project. And I've used it a lot of times. And... I already had 100 grams of orange here, so I could start the spinning even before my order arrived. So I sat down, I spun the orange, and I thought, 
Okay, I'll just order the orange, the yellow, and the red. And they go very well together, and I'll make my shawl from that. But then it said, okay, make a gauge swatch, and the colors shouldn't have um, hard uh, um, borders. You, you need to have very soft transitions from one color to the other. So um, it took me ages to spin. I, I started only spinning 50 grams of the orange, and then mm, the fiber arrived, and I started to spin uh, 50 grams of the yellow. And then I spun 50 grams of the red. And then I realized that I had spun 50 grams of the red in the wrong direction, which made uh, the yarn look completely different, interestingly. So I spun the next 50 grams in the right direction. I ordered more fiber because um, I couldn't use uh, the 50 grams that I had spun in the wrong direction. And I still needed 100 grams. So ordered more fiber. Then I knitted the gauge swatch, looked at the gauge swatch, and went, nah, this isn't working. So the yellow and the orange go very well together. The red is too different. This doesn't work. I still had some green and some darker red, but that didn't work either. So I was a bit desperate at that point. I had worked really really hard i think i spun between one and two hours a day over 10 to 14 days to finish that yarn in time for the knit -along. well i wanted to finish half the yarn in time for the knit along but then i realized i couldn't use the yarn that i was making because it wouldn't work with the shawl pattern but then i had a moment where i woke up in the like huh i could make a second color by taking one ply of yellow and one ply of orange and plying them together. And that would be perfect gradient without me having to dye anything. So I would have one yarn that's totally yellow, one yarn that's totally orange, and one yarn that's orange and yellow together. And the whole yarn is a bit um, marred anyway because it's um, uh, the... This, the um, Merino is dyed and the silk is white, so you have white silk going through all the strands anyway. So I ordered more fiber and I started spinning again. Yay! So I finished the yarn barely in time to start the knit along. And I am doing the knit along and I'm keeping up with the clues. Interesting. And, but I, I, I'm, then the Tour de Fleece started. I had wanted to finish the yarn before the Tour de Fleece because this year's Tour de Fleece project should have been that Burgundy Merino that you might remember that was my Tour de Fleece project last year and the year before then. Uh, the one that I dyed twice, that uh, felted, that I then hand carded, that I'm spinning on a spindle for a hooded sweater with cables in fingering weight three-ply yarn. Yeah, I know I'm crazy. And I still don't want to give up on this project. So I thought, this year will be the year when I finish this. Only I don't think it will. Because it took me, I don't know, more than a week? Yeah, like nine days or so to finish the, um, 
the yarn for the Glomming Tide Mystery Knit Along. And I have to say, I wasn't pushing really hard because I don't want to spin the Burgundy Merino anymore. This yarn is driving me completely crazy. I hate this spinning project. But the yarn is really nice, so it will be great when it's done. And, well, it's an epic story, but um, right now... Uh, and it's still... Um, the dye is still coming off, so when I spin it, I'm still having pink fingers afterwards, so I don't take it with me when I go anywhere. I just spin it at home. Um, and, yeah, uh, and I try to remember not to touch too many things. Um, though... Um, I haven't had uh, pink door handles or anything, so um, uh, since I washed it the second time, the color has been much better, um, but as I said, it's still rubbing off a bit. Mm. So um, that's what I'm working on right now, and I just uh, see that I forgot the Burgundy Merino in my spinning projects. Um, I think, yeah, because uh, last episode I... Uh, uh, I didn't talk about that because um, I hadn't started uh, spinning on it again. So that's what I'm doing this month for Tour de Fleece. And then I'll carry that project around with me, I don't know, until into the next year. Yeah. I also don't want to knit the sweater anymore that I have been spinning for um, because I, I got fed up with that sweater. But I thought it might be fun to make uh, the Stockbridge sweater from it. So I'm still uh, totally uh, in love with Isolde's patterns and, uh, and making them all. Yeah, almost. So that's my spinning. I think I, I really spun a lot. Hmm. Interesting. I don't do that. Uh, but well, when you need yarn and you don't allow yourself to buy... And then, then you have to uh, spin it. So there is my project wardrobe. Yeah, I have a nice list of things that I want to sew. I have two dresses cut out, ready to get sewn. And I ordered, um, I don't know, a couple of jersey fabric for t-shirts and um, yoga pants. But I haven't sewn. So right now, my big plan is to take August and spend about an hour a day sewing. Yeah, yeah, I'm not convinced either. But I need new clothes. I At the moment, I have one pair of yoga pants that I wear every single day. And they have big fat holes in the back. So... I shouldn't even open the door in these to the postman. Um, so um, I really need to get going on the sewing front. And I have this really, really great dress. Um, it's called a Q dress uh, by Nina Lee. Uh, and it's all cut out. Only I was too lazy to um, um, actually measure everything and look if... Um, the the dress will fit me so now i'm not all that motivated to continue because i'm pretty sure that um the skirt part will be too tight on the other hand the pattern calls for a 1.5 centimeter seam allowance and if i just um 
I can make it wider at the hips by just doing, oh, I don't know, half a centimeter seam allowance or something like that. So we'll see. Good, so that's that. And now I'm talking about everything that I talked in the last nine episodes. So what I talked about in the last nine episodes. Um, uh, the f first one, episode 101, was looking back seven years and a hundred episodes. Because um, last time I did an English episode was my hundredth episode. And right now in, I don't know, two weeks or so, the podcast will turn seven years old. So that's pretty impressive. But only doing 100 episodes over in the course of seven years is not quite that impressive. But I'm still going and the podcast is still here and you guys are still listening and I love it. And so I look back on uh, how I got started and I even listened back to my first episode. And I have to say, um, it was pretty okay. I liked it. Um, I don't know if that makes me uh, weird or um, I don't know. Too much in love with myself but um i didn't find it in any way embarrassing or so so yeah seven years 100 episodes and then i thought about doing something new i also thought about stopping the podcast for a moment and uh, but then i got back to my senses again sorry i didn't tell anyone uh so um yeah mm. and then i decided that i needed to um expand and I uh, started to add the video. So, um, and then in, this, uh, in episode 102, I talked about unfinished spindle projects because I, I hadn't been in the mood to spin on spindles at all. And at, th at that point, I didn't spin a lot anyway. So, I didn't spin, I had all these um, started projects lying around and it was like every room of the house had at least two spindles in there with a started project that wasn't going anywhere. So I, um, yeah, I think I should stop uh, starting that many spindle projects and I definitely have to stop thinking that Spinning 100 grams of four-ply sock yarn on a spindle is a quick project that I can do in between other things. Because that's not a quick project. That is like spinning... No, I can't. It's like 400 meters times four. That's uh, 1,600 meters of uh, yarn that you have to make. And then you have to ply all of that. And if it's cable, you have to apply it twice. So that's a lot of spinning. And especially when you're spinning very, very, very thin and then your thread is always um, breaking and you're, uh, you don't have the patience to get back to it. So you stuff it on top of the fridge and just let it sitting there. And then when you leave the house to meet people, you put um, the spindle project into your purse and you think that you'll spin there and then you never do. Uh, and if you do, you only do it for like five minutes. And working for five minutes on a project like this every three to four weeks doesn't get it done very quickly. <laughs> Ask me, I know. So um, I was a bit 
desperate at that point and sad and uh, just about to throw it all out. And then I said, no, I won't do that. I'll just pack all the projects up. The only thing that I have out right now is the green merino silk. So when I'm spinning on a spindle, I'm spinning on that. That's, I mean, it should be self-evident and easy and not something I should even have to think about. But um, if you have like, let me think how many projects I had. I had. There was the green merino silk. There's the burgundy merino, that's a big one. Um, then there's a red um, cotton spinning project on the Tuckley. Then there's some Targi on... Uh, the Ice-T Crafts Turkish Spindle. Is that all? I think there might be another Turkish Spindle project somewhere with a silk hanky. I don't know. I might have thrown it away because it was... Yeah, I found the spindle. Yeah, okay. The project is no more. I have no idea if I kept uh, the partly spin spun hanky or not. It's somewhere, or I threw it out, I don't know. But I, have, I found the spindle in uh, where my spindles live when they're not in use. Mm. So, okay, that's like four projects. That doesn't sound all that much. But, I don't know, the Burgundy Merino, that's like, I need to spin, I think, about 60, 70 more grams. That is a lot of spinning. Well, I think it's that might be 40 hours of spinning, something like that. And then I need to ply it. So um, all these projects are uh, spun with, they are all very fine yarn <laughs> that takes ages. Um, or very fine yarn in huge quantities like fingering weight three ply for a sweater on a spindle yeah um, but on the other hand if I sat down like I'm doing now during the tour de fleece and spun an hour or two every day I mean if it's really 40 hours I have no idea let in make let's make it 60 with applying it's probably more but let's make it 60 then and I, I sat down an hour a day, every day. I would have done uh, the, the whole project finished in two months. Which also means I shouldn't start another spindle project because I have enough spindle projects as it is. And I want to use the yarn eventually. So um, in that uh, episode 102, I took stock of all my pinch spindle projects. I packed everything away but the green merino silk. Though I always knew that I wanted to um, spin the Burgundy Merino during the Tour de Fleece. Um, but, um, uh, and, and I'm doing so right now. Um, the, as I said, the green Merino silk is mostly lingering, um, sitting around and being carried outside and then back. But yeah, I hope that um, that new spinning mojo that I have going right now will carry me over and that uh, something will get um, finished. Then the next episode 103 is called Spätzle, Britzen and Sewing Blogs. And my uh, autocorrect has done something with Britzen that I don't like. Um, 
So um, that was that was really fun. Um, so uh, several sewing bloggers, um, Muriel from Natsugabe 5cm and Melanie from The Flying Needle and uh, what's she called? Sabine from Die Langsame Schildkröte and somebody else that I don't remember because she got sick and couldn't attend. They all uh, organized um, um, a blogger meetup in Augsburg. And some of them are living in Stuttgart and some of them are living in Munich. And Augsburg is basically in between and it's a very nice town. And um, I found that I can uh, get there in a little more than an hour with, by train, which meant I didn't have to book a hotel. So we met on Friday evening not all of us, but a lot, um, for dinner and talk, and it was really fun. And then the next day we had, um, we went to the um, textile museum in Augsburg and um, had a guided tour, that was great. And I think the poor guide um, got a bit intimidated by me because I was um, telling all these things like, uh, yeah, I know. No, that's different because really it's like this. <laughs> really, it's like that. And I just read this book about corsets um, and um, no, sorry, you're wrong. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, <clears throat> I shouldn't have talked uh, that much. But um, it was a really interesting tour and uh, we saw a lot. I have been to the museum before, but still. And then we had uh, lunch and then we went on to um, look at and buy fabric and we talked and it was also interesting because I'm not sewing much and there were all these sewing bloggers in their totally cool outfits that I, they had made themselves so it was uh, really great and we talked and talked and talked and looked at stuff and yeah it was great and then we had a dinner on Saturday Again, um, really, really nice weekend. And in that episode, I told, uh, I talked about the, uh, that uh, meeting, and um, yeah, that I, I really, I had a lot of fun. But I did feel a little weird because, I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty experienced knitter and spinner by now, and I know how to sew. But I don't sew a lot. I'll, I always say I will, and then I don't. Um, so. I know quite a bit, but my actual experience and my actual skills are lagging behind. So uh, you, I can read all the books about sewing and know all the things, but that doesn't really make my sewing that much better because for it to become better, I need to uh, train my uh, fingers and my arms and uh, like how you actually do it. Um, so, um, but on the other hand, um, I was wearing my one of my swing dresses one, the one day, and um, and most of them had like cover lock or overlock uh, the surges. That's what you call it in English, uh, because it's called a uh, an, an overlock machine in German. Uh, overlock machine, mm, yeah, but it's a surger <laughs> in English. It's a bit weird, but so. Um, they most mostly they when they were um, working with uh, knitted fabric, they would use their um, serger, and I don't have one, so 
I make all my jersey knitted tea things from, um, uh, not from, with just a regular sewing machine. Which also means that I have to repair the seams all the times because um, the seams aren't as stretchy as the fabric itself. Like um, at the moment, my um, orange uh, swing dress with the red dots has um, a hole in the side seam again. It's always the same uh, uh, place where the seam rips. When I showed my husband, he said, oh, is that because your hips are so wide and they're stretching the fabric? But no, that's not it because um, I uh, it usually rips when I put the dress on over my head. So I have to get the seam over my bust and my arms too, and then over my bust and then it makes and the seam rips. So I want to repair that uh, as soon as possible because I want to wear it tomorrow. So... I better pull out the sewing machine tonight, or I just hand sew it. Um, I've done that a couple of times with leggings as well. Just uh, take out a needle and thread, do it all by hand, it's much faster. Nothing to pull out of the wardrobe and set up in the kitchen and uh, remember which uh, color thread and th thread it all through and then find that you still need to... Um, uh, Put some more thread on the bobbin that goes underneath. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, as hand sewing is actually sometimes easier for me because um, the threshold to starting isn't as big. On the other hand, sewing by hand just takes so long that I never do it anyway. So, yeah, mm, sewing and me, that's a mm, long story. I hope to get better acquainted with it and I'm not giving up on my project wardrobe even though the only thing I made this year was one t-shirt. It's the end of July and I made one t-shirt in the year that I declare to be the year where I sew my own wardrobe. Hmm. Yeah, but the year's not over yet. There are still five more months and there's August where I have these vast stretches of time. Oh, yeah, okay, forget it. But um, still, I'm, I'm hoping to get some sewing done in the next few weeks. Uh, you can cross your fingers for me. Um, then episode 104, and I need to get a move on because I only have 20 more minutes to record. Um, I think you will be happy to hear that this won't go on indefinitely because um, I have a student coming in. Um, um, 104, why planning is always the most fun. I found that, you know that I love making plans. I think, okay, I'll sew all these clothes and then I need this and then I will make it like so and I will find the time um, uh, by um, not going on the computer in the evenings and la la, and then I make all these plans. I think I'll make this and then I'll make that and then I'll use this time and I'll do that and, and I love it. And it it never goes as I imagine it. Never. I think that might be the nature of plans that real life always intervenes. Now I'm experimenting a little with more agile planning. I was just about to buy another book 
uh, about planning an organization. Um, there was an interview with this woman, Johanna Rothman. Johanna Rothman. Uh, it's, uh, her name always confuses me because it looks so German. Johanna Rothman. No problem. But uh, she's not German. She's uh, American. She's jo Johanna Rothman. One N. Yeah. Uh, if it were German, there were two. Would be two. Yeah. Blah. So, um, and she, she mostly works as a coach for people in the software industry, if I remember correctly, I'm not quite sure, but um, she wrote about agile planning. And that's like, you plan in a way that um, if something goes wrong, you're not completely thrown off. But you plan in a way that there's a margin for error. And when something goes wrong, you say, okay, this went wrong, so we move this there and everything can still happen on time. Um, I would love to learn how to do that. Um, just building in more time for, uh, at the end, like say, um, I'm thinking that writing my book will take me two months. I can write a book in two months. I, I know I can. Uh, the only thing I like to say, that's like 80,000 words. Um, that's 40,000 words a month. Um, I can write, let's be really conservative, 1,500 words per hour. And now I can't divide 40,000. Let's say it's 90,000, though it's 30, 30 hours in a month. That's totally doable. I mean, I can't use, uh, I can't uh, do days where I write for an hour, practice for an hour, sew for an hour, and spin for an hour. I don't have that kind of time. But if I say, this is my very big high priority project, I'm writing for an hour every day, and then I have weekends and days off where I can write for two hours maybe, uh, in case I didn't get my writing in, which mm, sometimes happened. I could totally um, write a book in two months. So I say, okay, I'm planning for this to be finished after two months, and but I leave myself one month more so that I don't have to get stressed. I can tell you when I do it like that, the book will take four months or five or six. I mean, I'm still, I'm, I'm very good at the planning. I'm not so good in actually um, making the plan a reality and adhering to the plan uh, because yeah I know I said that I would um, write for an hour today but I'm just so tired and then all these other things came up that I had to deal with so I couldn't write at all but that's not a problem because I can write for three hours on Saturday only I never do so, yeah, I'm still trying to get there, but um, the planning, I love the planning. It's just so full of potential. You look at that and say, oh, yeah, I'm doing this uh, mystery knit along and I will spin the yarn and that's really easy. I can fit it in there and then I'll move that um, to the end of July and no problem and blah. 
and and I love that. The actually sit down every day and do the thing that I plan to do. Still working on it, but still planning is fun. Say, yeah, I want to make a very lightweight sweater from this really nice uh, purple yarn that I spun. I've been looking forward to this sweater for years now because I bought the fiber uh, in the fall of 2015. I bought it and thought, oh, I'll spin this really fine and I'll make myself something like the featherweight cardigan from it. And I love it. So the spinning took yeah almost three years two and a half now the yarn is sitting on the piles on the dressers in the bedroom yeah but i mean getting some yeah but you know sit there and hold the fiber it's like this promise this potential you can see it like Ooh, this is so nice, the fiber, and I'll spin it into a thousand meters of uh, very nice fluffy tube lie. And you can, you can almost uh, see, no, not almost, I can see myself in the sweater. Like, I look at the fiber, I know how great it will be when the whole thing is done. And then I make a plan to get me there. Um, yeah, and then something happens, and... I don't know, and I get impatient with the spinning wheel because I used the um, the high-speed flyer, and uh, it's it's a total pain to and uh, fiddly to when you uh, when you break a thread to get it back through those hollow arms with that awful awful um, orifice hook. I need to get a better one because that one is just slightly too short and slightly too wide. It's driving me completely crazy. Uh, but yeah, the, by the way, that's what uh, complaining is good for. Now that I've complained to you publicly about how this orifice hook is driving me crazy, I can start go to go looking for one that would be better with the wheel. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, then episode 105 was about why UFOs become UFOs? So why are unfinished objects unfinished? Um, it's not because you're lazy. It's usually because you made this totally great plan and then something went off the rails. So usually it's because you're knitting along and then you come up to a point where you know something went wrong, but you don't have the headspace to find out what. Or you don't even actually know that something went wrong, but you don't feel it. And that's often a sign that something is wrong. Um, or you're, you're knitting along, everything's fine, and your subconscious wants to tell you something that what you're knitting is too small or too big or that something isn't working or, or that your yarn won't be enough, something like that. Or you're knitting along and then you see this other new shiny thing. And the new shiny things are always what we gravitate towards because they're new and shiny and unspoiled because everything that you actually make has a slog in the middle. And it's not easy 
pushing oneself through the slog. And there are a lot of people who say, but this is my hobby, I do this for fun. Um, why should I push myself? And so I can just tell you, usually when you push yourself, it's worth it because you, then you'll have a finished object at the end. And who wants to die in the midst of all these unfinished projects? I mean, I inherited bags and bags of things that this knitter never finished. It was sad. There was a bright red and bright blue intarsia sweater in there. I mean, the back and front were both done in acrylic yarn. It was horrible. But she had put so much work into that. And the effort to finish it would have been about the same amount. I mean, it was just the sleeves, but you know how that last bit of finishing that always takes more energy and time than you think it will, but still. So there are many reasons and I can't tell you about all of them because I only have about 10 more minutes. So, um, but usually there's something wrong, you give up and what you really need to do is either tell yourself to push through and throw away the slog and tell yourself, I will be so happy when this is done. And if you put it aside, like with the, with the green uh, merino silk there, that feels like it's never ending because I'm not working on it. Because the thrill is gone and it's just more of the same and more of the same and more. And I mean, how much green can you spin? It's really boring. But I know if I just push some more, then I can finish the uh, spinning and then I can start the plying and then it will be done pretty soon. But right now it feels like it's never ending. So that's, or there's something wrong with your project and you need to sit down and confront what is wrong with this? What can I do to fix it? Do I want to fix it? Or want, do I want to slow, uh, throw it away? That's perfectly fine if you want to. But just pack it up and forget about it. That never works because you never forget. It's still sitting there. You know that it's there. So, um... Uh, episode 106, when is it time to say goodbye to a hobby? I linked to an article on Unclutterer. Um, I'll put it in the show notes. It's I think it's unclutterer.com. Where was, when is it time to say goodbye to a hobby? And basically what she said was, um, it's pretty clear when you have this tennis racket in your garage and you haven't been playing for the last 10 to 20 years and also you have a bum knee and can't play anymore, then get rid of the tennis equipment. It's a bit harder to look and when she said, yeah, we have all this camping equipment and we only went camping once last year. So for me, I'd say keep the camping equipment. We have a big garage, there's lots of lot of space and it doesn't go anywhere, it's totally fine. Um, but the unclutterer person said, get rid of it. If you haven't spent more than 48 hours, I think, or 24 in the past year uh, working on that hobby, get rid of it. So I'm not quite sure about that because, I mean, my, my rigid loom um, is sitting there untouched, um, has been sitting there for two years. I'm still pretty sure that I will one day finish those towels. It's just that weaving, it, it's hard to fit weaving in my, into my life. I have to actually make an extra space for it. Like 
Um, knitting just fits into my life. I go, I go into a pub and take a sock to knit or I sit there in the morning while my husband has breakfast and knits uh, knit, and I sit in front of TV and knit or spin, but I can't sit in front of TV with my um, rigid head loom. So I uh, like sewing, weaving takes an extra space, but I still want to change my life in a way that I can use my rigid heddle. Now, if, if I down weave in the next 10 years or so, I would sell it. But as I said, it's basically it's your uh, choice. Um, you can uh, store everything, but it won't make you happy, I can tell. So then episode 107 is called A New Crazy Spinning Project. And I told you all about that already because that was the gloaming tide uh, mystery knit along spinning project because when I had this oh yeah I'm spinning for this knit along oops it's 300 grams oops I spun the ho uh, wrong color oh and now I have to spin uh, 100 grams more and have to order more fiber and more fiber and more fiber which was not my intention I wanted to uh, only order very little fiber because I have a lot of fiber here but nothing was right for that project so, but you already know all about that. Um, episode 100, 108 was about minimalism and project wardrobe. I already told you about project wardrobe. Um, minimalism is something I've been thinking about for a long time. Um, goes in, it's the same thing like my fascination with tiny houses or uh, light traveling. I love it when everything's reduced to the uh, essential. Um, though, what what I need, uh, what I deem essential, is not minimalist. I'm I'm not a minimalist. I don't think I will ever be one. I'm not quite sure if somebody who owns two spinning wheels and half a dozen spindles can be a minimalist. I don't know. I mean, you can depends on your definition, doesn't it? But I know that I hate uh, owning stuff that doesn't get used or that just sits around. And I mean, I'm sitting here in right. In, there are piles everywhere, and I still can't seem to uh, get rid of them. I'm trying um, because I think that if. I had just things that I loved and used and um, even the camping gear that I haven't used in years. Um, I don't think I would uh, throw that away or sell it, but um, I mean books that I'm sure that I'll never read again, I can get rid of those. I already did. Um, so, uh, and I read The uh, Year of Less, by the way, by uh, Kate Flanders. Big, big um, recommendation. I love the book. Um, so that was interesting. And um, episode 109 was about the Tour de Fleece 2018. I already told you most about that as well. So um, as I said, I finished spinning the yarn for the uh, mystery knit along. That was very enjoyable and was so fascinating how all of a sudden I could find one to two to four hours a day for spinning. 
I would, I mean, my, my, my family basically accepts that I spend my weekends lounging in front of TV with my spinning all month. Well, almost three weeks. But um, finding time to sew, totally impossible. Finding time to write, really, really hard. Um, but I'm, yeah, um, I'm working on that. But I also have to admit that Tour de Fleece is always a huge thing that sits squarely in my July, even if I... I didn't plan to spin for hours uh, this year. I thought, okay, I'll just sit down and spin a little bit. I mean, the Burgundy Merino won't get done by that. Well, it will eventually over the next 50 years or so. But um, I didn't want to stress myself out. But still, this I, I, I like to watch the tour, so and that takes a long time. And then we watched the World Cup before that. And I spend a lot of time spinning on the um, mystery knit along yarn while watching soccer. So I, I don't know when I turned into a person who watches uh, sports on TV. <laughs> I mean, if you had told me when I was 14, I would like, are you crazy? <laughs> yeah, um, you can change a lot in 40 something years. Um, no, I'm not 55, not quite yet. Um, so yeah, um, and I'm really hoping to make some more progress on the Burgundy Merino until the end of the tour, which is only a few days away, I just realized. And I um, I have spun up everything that I carded, so next step will be carding more yarn. And I pull it out um, uh, tonight and weigh what's left um, to be carded, because I have a list somewhere, but I'm not sure that it's updated. Um, so yeah. The Burgundy Mercurino continues. It's a good thing that I really like um, Burgundy. So, um, this is it, I'd say. Um, you can find everything I talked about um, in, um, on the creativemother.de website. You can send me an email at Susanne at creativemother.de. That's Susanne is S-U-S-A-N-N-E. It's S-U-S, not S-U-Z. That's the German uh, way of writing it. Um, then you can find me on um, Reverie as Creative Mother and on Instagram and Twitter as Free Jazz Mama. Also on Pinterest, I think, but I'm never there, so don't bother. Um, you can find me on YouTube as Creative Mother, I think. And... Um, also, there's the Patreon. I'm thinking of um, posting another goal. Like, um, if so, right now, when you're um, signing up uh, to uh, support the podcast on Patreon, you're getting a um, newsletter once a month. Unfortunately, the newsletter is in German. It's a nice newsletter, though, and if you sign up now, you can uh, read all the old newsletters. And if you sign up and say that you're only speaking English, then just tell me and I'll translate them into English, no problem. Um, and I've thought about that, as you can see when you watch this on YouTube, the lighting is awful, especially when I'm moving my hands like this. Um, it gets darker and lighter, funny. So um, I want to, if I reach... 
$50 per month, for two months in a row, I will buy myself a nice little light so that the lighting for the podcast becomes better. So that's my next goal. So I hope that you enjoyed this. And I'm saying um, until the next time, thanks for listening and uh, happy knitting. Ciao.